0: Welcome to the Pivot Into Your Purpose podcast. This podcast is about getting clear on your purpose and what you're meant to do with your work so you can have a business that fulfills you and lights you up. I believe we all deserve more than settling for a job that doesn't excite you and that by getting clear on what you're meant to do, you'll feel more aligned and happier so that you can live as the best version of yourself. Each week, I'll be talking about topics and sharing tips and training that will help you get clear on what you're meant to do grow your confidence to go for it, and create a plan to build this business you're dreaming of. I'll also be bringing on inspiring women to share their own journeys of how they figured out their purpose and created a business to do the work that they love doing. I'm your host, Melissa Hoffman. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hi! Welcome to the pivot into your purpose podcast I'm here today with Melanie Kluger, who is my dear friend and also an amazing watercolor artist and someone who has had a major transformation and pivot from being a personal stylist and having her own online course and pivoting into being a watercolor artist. I'm so excited to talk to her today and for her to share her story and tell you what she's learned along the way and just how making that pivot has been for her. I'm going to go ahead and open it up to Melanie and Melanie, thank you so much for being here. And you are oh, actually I'm so happy to be <laughs> here. And you're actually my <laughs> first podcast interview. I'm so excited <laughs> that you're the first one.
1: I'm honored. <laughs> hey.
0: So, Melanie, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself and tell us all like who you are, where you live, what you do.
1: Sure. Again, thanks so much for having me. Honored to be your first guest. So I am a watercolor artist. The name of my company is Lemons and Ink, which I'll get into later. But yes, and I live in San Diego, uh, California, and I'm a mom to an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. I have been on this watercolor artist journey for about a, a little over a year and a half now. Yeah. yeah, a little more than that. I come from a
0: background of being a stylist. So that is the pivot that Melissa is talking about. And that's actually how we met was yeah. Melanie was a personal stylist. She was styling brides. She was styling women for photo shoots. And in my makeup artist career, we worked together. We developed this friendship because of our love of fashion and photo shoots and all things beauty. And then it's just been so um, incredible to witness her on her journey. And also we are both creative. So she's inspired me as well with her paintings to just dabble in my own paintings just for fun. So Melanie, why don't you tell us about your journey? What it was like, you know, like where you were before as a stylist, if there's anything that you want to go back. Back to even previous to that and just kind of your journey and how you pivoted into where you are now.
1: Sure. Melissa, you have really seen so much of the journey too. I started out, I went to college for costume design. And so when I was a costume uh, designer, I noticed that my main passion was not the sewing or necessarily a certain aspects of the actual clothes and more just making people feel good and feeling creative. And I really, I think Melissa, me and you always connected also on just loving making women feel confident. That was yes. like something I think for us and also fulfilling our own creative needs. I yes. feel like, and I've seen so much of your journey too. And I think that's something we always connected on, you know, yes, absolutely. but, and that sort of was the through line for a really long time for me. So I started as a costume designer and then I got into bridal. And that was the thing. I love making women feel great about themselves. And I was able to take what someone said they wanted and translate that into their clothes and their style. And eventually that turned into their closets. I started working on photo shoots and in people's closets. And that's when I developed my own system called the Confident Closet. I spent about eight years Styling women and their closets and I created an online course and I had this whole business that I really loved and was passionate about but it was um, a real hustle for a mom with two young kids I always felt like I was working and then putting it out there I always wished I had something that was tangible that was like a little bit of an easier back and forth with with people. That was something I always felt like was missing. The hustle was really there. I had little kids, right? Yeah. So I <laughs> put out my so course, <laughs> I put out my course, I think a week before Jude was born, my son, that was six years ago. I'm a night owl. So I was always feeling like I'll just be with my kids and then I'll do everything else at night. And that was leading to a lot of burnout. And then when the pandemic happened, I decided, let me just take a minute, take a break, and just focus on my kids. Everything was kind of up in the air at that time. I decided to start painting for fun. I have always been artistic. Again, I used to sketch for costume design and growing up, my mom's an artist and growing up, I always did art, but I never really watercolor. And so I asked my twin to get me a watercolor kit for the holidays and then I didn't use it. And then when the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, I'm gonna just start at night when the kids go to bed, Take it for myself and learn this skill. I fell in love with it. The first week or two that I did watercolor, it was like doing it every night. And then I started to legit paint, I would say maybe five days a week, if not more, I just all the time. Any free time I had, I started to paint and I just loved it so much. I was learning what kind of paints I liked, what kind of uh, brushes. And then I had people start to ask if I would paint things for them or I had a few people also ask, I would just post on my on social media, like I just painted this pair, and someone would be like, Could I buy that from you? <laughs> so that's sort of how it started. And now I have a full commissioned, booked out, commissioned a watercolor business. And mostly at this point I paint pets. I decided to paint my dog on a whim to see if I could do it. And again, I posted that. I had five people that day ask me to paint their dogs and I painted their dogs. I posted that on social media and I had 30 people ask me to paint their dogs that night. And then it just kept spinning and going and going and going. And so now I have this full business and I never went back to my styling business. It's been so fulfilling and the hustle is not there. The, the, the hustle that was like burning me out is not there.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love your story so much. What started as almost like a form of self-care, like a mm-hmm. way for you to be creative and get that creativity out, especially during the pandemic as a coping self-care mechanism just to take mm-hmm. care of yourself and turned into something that you just really loved. And you just kind of became obsessed with it because you were painting all the time. And I was so inspired by you and your paintings and you had turned me on to oh yeah company Let's Make Art that does these watercolor kits. And so I would do a painting maybe once a week, once every two weeks. And then I would look at yours and I was like, oh gosh, melanies are like so much better than mine. And I loved it, but I didn't feel the same obsession. But I yeah. just love how easy it was for you where in your previous business, you had to hustle so hard for like every sale and to do all of these funnels and email sequences and all the things. And it was just so easy for you because you were just in alignment and people were like, oh my gosh, I love what you're doing. And I want your art too. I want my pet painted or you were doing some portraits in the beginning. And I just love how it all unfolded so easily for you.
1: I know we talked about that a lot when it was happening, yeah. because I almost thought how easy it was. Yes, I still you do. sometimes do. I think I would be like, okay, essentially I had to just surrender to the fact that like the universe was kind of telling me, Melanie, <laughs> <laughs> it was just so effortless. And yeah. for me, that was a real sign, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah, I know. I love that you were able to finally listen to the universe, that it's okay for it to be easy because this is what you're supposed to do. So don't fight it. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and so much of being an entrepreneur, we're taught you have to hustle. It has to be hard for you to make it. So it's almost like, wait, this is too easy. Are you sure? Is this going to blow up? How can this, is not so that crazy? Easy? I it know. Is so crazy.
1: And so- I think that there are are parts of the entrepreneurial journey Mm -hmm. where you're kind of, like sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do in anything, in parenting and whatever. And I think for me, I would always kind of justify certain things that I didn't like doing in my last business because you just have to do them. And it's been interesting in this to just sort of experiment and be like, what happens if I don't do that?
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) What (laughs) happens if I just sort of, again, like I I wouldn't call myself type A, but I
0: feel I've had to sort of just learn to relax a little bit and let things sort of play out, you know? Yeah. I love that you said that you had to learn how to relax and let things play out. You kind of just had to surrender to the process and what the universe was showing you. And that was going to be my next question. What were some of the lessons that you learned along the way? Was there anything else besides taking a step back, letting it be easy, surrendering that you learned um, in this process?
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm still learning lessons all the time. I think sometimes there's some lessons I also learned from the last business that I applied here and then, then some things I just learned. But one thing is like making it easy for people to buy. Yes. In the past, I think maybe things were a little bit more jumbled and confusing. And that was one of my main goals with this is people are just coming to me and they're saying, I'd like to buy a painting. And I'm like, here's my website. This is the size. It was very simple. Mm -hmm. I think that that was like a big lesson for me to not overcomplicate what I'm doing and not overcomplicate the back and forth between the person who's buying. Another lesson I feel like I've been learning is the lesson of time management in like Mm -hmm. a very different way. Yes. Um, Especially as a
0: mom, I'm sure you really had to get this one (laughs) down. And this business
1: started... When they were home, I was homeschooling. I feel like I had to learn how important sleep was. Yes. <laughs> well, I think as an artist, I had to be like, okay, how long is this going to take me? What is my time worth? How much are my supplies? I had to learn all of that in the, this new business. Mm-hmm. I had to apply that to time management. That means I need this many hours in the day to work. I'm not going to work all night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really trying to break that habit. Yes. So I think the time management for sure is, was a lesson I had to, I'm continuing to learn right? Um, and charging what you're worth, figuring yeah. all of that out,
0: making sure that it's worth your time. And that's such an important lesson, I think, for any artist to know, because we can get so excited about this art that we're creating or mm-hmm. um, doing for somebody, a service, an artistic service, whether it's makeup or photography or something, and you almost sometimes feel guilty for charging for it, but really you can't just charge, you know, $50 for a makeup application or $20 for a painting, because you have to think about all of your costs that go into it and what your time is worth. And this is time, you know, away from your kids or where you could be doing other things and you don't want to burn out because you can't take on you know, 50 paintings in a week to be able to make money as an artist. And <laughs> you will like, well, that's you're the other thing that's,
1: right. Well, well, the other thing that's interesting about this business is like, there's only one of me yeah. and I'm painting and it's not like I can hire out the painting. Right. Yeah. I think that the trick is if you love it mm-hmm. and you're, you're like, someone's going to pay me. Yeah. I would do this anyway, yeah. you know, <laughs> so kind of learn and like letting that be a good thing and not mm-hmm. overthinking that. Yes. And, and being like, okay, but I, this is still a skill
0: that I have. Yeah. And this is still a business that I'm running. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm making a living from this. Not like I'm just running. Yeah. Like pay me what you want. Yeah. Giving you free paintings out everywhere because that's not sustainable. Right.
1: Right. And that's still um, a process that
0: changes, you know? Absolutely. I'm sure the longer you do this, you're going to learn more about things that you need to change. And the demand is increasing. So you're going to have to increase your prices right. and all of the things that go with it. And then you're also thinking about how can you scale your business to really grow this watercolor empire, artistic empire that you, you dream of having?
1: Yes. That's the other thing that's been really interesting taking my experience from the past of having an online business, I'm able to take the things that I liked about it. Mm -hmm. And even though it's a totally different business, I'm able to say, okay, I'm going to have a print shop. And then there's a whole bunch of different things that I can use where I paint once and then sell it more than once. Right. Right. So that's sort of the next step now that I've been painting for a long time and doing commissions for a long time.
0: I love that you've learned that. And so early in your business too. I think that's amazing. And it's because you had that previous business that you learned so much from that you could apply all these lessons to. We talked about how this kind of like, I call like almost like falling into your lap. It was just so easy how it happened and evolved, but was there anything in this journey that made you realize it's almost like a clarity inspiration that you're like, oh, this is what I meant to do and what I want to do with my work.
1: Well, I feel like there was two things. The first thing was when I posted on social media the first time, it was just to my friends and family. Mm -hmm. In the past, when I was launching my course or my book that I had had, it was months of planning a launch out, months of laying everything out. How many posts I'm going to post on social media, how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do that, photo shoots, the whole thing. And then you kind of hope that people are paying attention. It's a very different thing than posting on social media and making several thousand dollars in a night. Yeah. From friends and family, from word of mouth. Yeah. Without any of that. Yeah. That was a real energy shift, right? Mm -hmm. I love my last business, but I love this just as much, if not more. And there's a demand there that I don't have to convince people of.
0: Your audience was telling you, even though they were just friends and family, we want this. Right. So how could
1: you ignore that? Right. Right. And so, so that was a big moment and a big shift. But one thing I want to mention is I think we tie our identity a lot to what we do. We do, And that was the hardest part for me to let go of was the idea that I wasn't a stylist anymore. What am I? And I think that held me back a little bit, not too much. I really, it was maybe a month of me being, am I really going to do this? Do I close down my website that I've had for eight years? Do I let go more than eight years? Actually, do I let go of that part of my identity that I Mm -hmm. really? Held so tightly. Yeah, that was the other shift. Was one day just deciding. I, I think it was one of those things where I used to always tell myself I could always go back. I could always go back if I wanted to. And then deciding that I literally took my old website and I just changed it. I changed yeah. all the content. I changed the photos, but I kept that template, that design, and I mm-hmm. just changed everything. And that was yeah. okay. You could technically go back. Yeah, but you it just would be a lot of work. <laughs> Right. 10 years of blog posts or whatever. And (laughs) taking all of the sales pages, all that stuff down was a real cathartic moment. So that was the other, I think, real moment where it was, here we go.
0: Yeah. Having that a little bit of resistance to shifting your identity because you had been a stylist for so long and now you're not a stylist. You took down everything, closed that business, that side of your work. Was there any other resistance that you had to pivoting into this new career? I think there's a
1: little bit of imposter syndrome, right? To say yeah. you're an artist, yes. right? Yeah, When there's no pressure behind it, we're all artists. Yeah. You're an artist you, in many different ways. Mm-hmm. A makeup artist and and also you paint, you're an artist, right? Yeah. But then when you're like, I'm a paid artist, right? Yes. There's this sort of resistance. Who am I to say that? Or who am I yeah. to say that I'm an artist? And I had to sort of realize that doesn't matter, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and like- there's going to be anybody who's going to scoff at me because I didn't go to a traditional art school. That's just not the way things are anymore. Mm-hmm. I had to sort of let go of that, but there was some resistance there in the very beginning. I think it's a lesson in confidence, right? It is. Yeah. So for sure, that was a big part of it. I also had some experience with this because I really was tied to my identity as a costume designer for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what I went to school for. And I loved it. And then when I decided not to do it anymore, I had to be, like, you're still Melanie, you know, yeah. this is yeah. part of you. You still love theater. You still love that part of you. You're just yeah. choosing to do something else that fulfills you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you had that resistance. And I think a lot of people feel that when they think about pivoting, whether it's from um, a nine to five or corporate job or a business that isn't working for you anymore and you want to do something different, there is that resistance to not only changing your identity, what you've identified with for so long, but also Mm -hmm. that imposter syndrome of doing something new. Like, can I do this? Am I going to be good at it? Am I going to make it work? And is it going to take me forever to make money and get started and figure things out? I think those like two pieces are huge in resisting uh, pivoting.
1: Right. And I think that there was something really freeing for me about, you don't have to figure any of that out. Yeah just going to paint when people ask me to paint and Mm -hmm. charge this, this is the exchange. I didn't have to really think about it too much because I could just
0: be like, okay, let's just see how this goes, you know? Yeah. You took the pressure off yourself and of wanting it to be a certain way in a certain timeline. And I love that you are surrendering to how it's all unfolding.
1: Totally. And I think that there's something interesting because I think back on certain times in my life where I'm like, oh, this has always been there. I literally had this talent and didn't know. And that's mm-hmm. the part that's so interesting. But I also had all these ideas. So whenever I would go into paper source or anthropology in certain sections and I would see books or I would see calendars or cards, mm-hmm. I'd always be like, I would love to do that. Even though I was not doing anything like that. I always really yeah. like, I love, I have such a love for that. So I was there the other day and I was like, I could do that if I wanted to do that, you know, yeah. and there's something freeing about that. But it's always kind of been there. And also yeah. when I was in growing up, I was in what they call AP art, which is advanced art. My favorite thing to do was to have a reference photo of a person or an animal. That's what I did in all my free time growing up. And I totally forgot that that's what I did. And so I still have that skill of looking at a reference photo and drawing it or painting it. I had just never done watercolor before.
0: Wow. I love that. I didn't even know that about you. I knew you were an artist. I remember, and I've told you this, you created this beautiful book for our friend, Sarah, when she had her first baby. And I just remember thinking that is so beautiful. It looks like you bought that and you literally created it yourself. I totally forgot that I did that. Isn't that
1: weird? And it took me a long time, but I painted that whole book. I had no experience. Experience. I was just, I want to paint this for her. And then I also took a charcoal class That's- and painted a few charcoal drawings mm-hmm. throughout my life. I've always kind of gone back to art,
0: yeah.
1: but very sparingly like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make this project for our friends. That was just a fun thing that I did. Yeah. And I never really thought that it could be something that I would get paid to do. It was just yeah. always this thing that I kind of, that kept coming back to. And when I was the charcoal class, I took because I was a mom with two super young kids, a two-year-old and a newborn. And I was like, I need something that is for me. And I, and I found that in this charcoal class. And then we moved and I stopped yeah. going and I yeah. didn't do anything for another year. It's just interesting how it kind of unfolded. Now I'm like, how did I go so long without doing art all the time? Because for me now, it's already an integral part. of It, it relaxes me, but it also is how
0: I just feel so connected to it. Mm -hmm. I love how you said that all of your whole life, you've been an artist and you've been creative and learned all these skills and it just never connected until now. And that's one of the things I talk about with my clients when they're trying to get clear on what they want to do. And I always tell them, go back to when you were a child or when you were younger, what were the things that you like to do? And can you connect the dots to where you are now? And if you think about it, I think you'll find something that is a clue or a sign of what you're gifted in and what makes you really happy and fulfilled and what you're meant to do. It's
1: so interesting because I used to say that a lot when I was, when I was a new mom, I was like, okay, the way that I kind of thought, I would be like, who am I now? I'm a mom. I'm not doing what I used to do. Every time I did that, I would say, well, what did you enjoy doing when you were younger. yeah. And now for the first time, I'm really practicing that mm-hmm. because I'm also dancing. And I danced from three to 23, four or five days a week. Wow. And I just stopped. Now I'm dancing a few times a week and I'm painting. Those are things that I, were my two favorite things to do growing up. And I just yeah. totally forgot that I love to do it.
0: Yeah. I love that you've reconnected to both of those parts of yourself and one is your business and one is for right. you. It's your self-care. I mean, the dancing is definitely just for me, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that there's something to be said for connecting to that
0: part of you. And I, every time I paint something, I'm still, I did that. I'm still surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know. Your art is amazing. I'm like, Melanie did that? That looks like a photograph that they did something, you know, digitally to or something. And yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's crazy. And I love that you've let yourself explore this side of yourself.
1: I also feel like there's so much more to explore. Oh, nice. Right now I'm painting mostly pets and I love it so much. I love the process of it. It kind of comes to life as you're painting it. And I also love the connection to people. Because that's sort of similar to what I was saying. Uh, I loved about my last business. So I love that I could paint something for someone, either whether the dog has passed away or they just like love their dog. There's something really special about this painting's in their home forever and they're able yeah. to connect to that. And it reminds them I, I love that part of it. Yeah. But I also think it'll be so cool to see what else I can paint, what else I put out into the world, because this
0: is just a business that is starting. Yeah. The possibilities are endless for you. It's so exciting. You touched on as a mother, a mother of two little ones starting like businesses, whether it was the styling business or the watercolor business and making sure that you were able to really connect to who you were as a woman. Was there any other lessons around motherhood and entrepreneurship that you feel you've learned or are in the process of learning or any tips that you could share with mamas out there who want to start their own business? Yeah.
1: As moms, we kind of sometimes feel guilty if we're doing something that is completely unrelated to our kids. And I think it's actually really important to have that, Mm -hmm. um, to remember that you're not just a mom. Even if you are, uh, you don't want to be an entrepreneur. You still should have something that's for you that reminds you of who you are, that is disconnected from your kids. I think that's good for your kids too, personally, Mm -hmm. no matter what your, your story is. Yeah. For me, I think I had to not question that journey. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Question the idea. If you want to go do that thing, it's about finding the time. And part of the finding that time is,
0: is not feeling guilty about it. Yeah. Allowing yourself to have other interests outside of your kids and allow yourself to have a life outside of your kids where you just get to be Melanie, the woman, not... Melanie, the mom with two kids that are always needing something from her. When you have young kids, no matter what your job is or what you're doing, it's so easy to forget who you are. It is. And you've been such a good role model for me because you went first with having two kids. (laughs) I got to watch and learn from you as you were going along and building your businesses. Then, now that I have Oliver, I feel like it's so much easier for me. Although it is difficult, it's never easy to be a mom, working mom, how, however you're working. But I've just learned so much from you. And I think I take better care of myself than I would if I didn't have you as a role model to look to. Oh, so, that's so that. nice.
1: I feel like as moms, we pay it forward too, because yep. I'm like, listen you know, use the gym daycare.
0: Yes. <laughs> you Thank know, you like, for that thing. tip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because I took me a while to figure out how am I going to work with my kids at home? And then I'm like, oh, I can go to the gym, work out for half an hour and then and then work for the next, you know, two hours. But I always feel like there's different things. Okay, what's going to work for you to get that moment for yourself? And especially if you're trying to start a business, it's just tricky. You got to figure out what works.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of trial and error too. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah. Our last question is if you were to think about Melanie at the beginning of her journey, whether it was as a costume designer or doing the confident closet or even pre pandemic, what advice would you give her now? So I
1: think, well, if we're talking about the beginning of my journey, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself with my first business. Mm -hmm. And I wish when I had little kids and I was working on the confident closet that I would have just let myself just relax a little bit and realize things are going to unfold and the way they're going to unfold, whether I stress about it or not. Mm -hmm. I always say like, I think the best advice that I would have given myself is don't worry about things until it's time to worry about them. Yeah. (laughs) And I still do that all the time because it's so easy as a parent or as an entrepreneur to stress about things. Then that's not even the thing that becomes the problem. That would have been the advice. Just let it be and yeah. do what you can do and control what you can control and then trust that the rest is going to work out.
0: I think that's such a good lesson for everybody, no matter what you're doing, stop trying to control what hasn't happened yet and just be present, be in the moment and trust that it's all going to work out for you.
1: The other thing that I think for me is we're talking about identity. And yeah. I think when I first started Lemons and Ink, the one thing that I always have been since I was a kid is I had positive. Yeah. And so I felt I was able to find this through line in everything I've ever done is to turn lemons into lemonade. That's what this business, that's why I named it that because that was this business. It was like, it's a pandemic. (laughs) There's all this stuff going on. And if I could bring some joy to myself and to others, then, you know, that will always be something that brings me so much clarity, so much joy. I'm so grateful for that lesson too.
0: I love that you turned something like the pandemic into something that was, so positive and amazing for you and for your family too. I'm sure they appreciate you having this new business and just being happy and fulfilled by it. It's
1: a definite positive point in this crazy
0: time. Yeah. <laughs> Where can we find you online? Where can we connect with you? Tell us all the things. Yeah,
1: my website is lemonsandink.com and that's my uh, Instagram name as well at lemonsandink. And yeah, you can find me there. Come say hi, DM me chat yeah, with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, the then, artwork.
0: and then how can people work with you if they want to purchase art from you or a commission, or is there anything else that you have coming up that you want to share or give us a sneak peek into?
1: I'm currently launching a print shop. So hopefully that will be coming up and that will also be on my website. Or if you want a commission, just DM me, go to my website, you can email back and forth. But then if you just want to buy some a print, I'm going to have a ton of prints to offer too. I'm, I'm excited. So
0: excited about your print shop. Can you give us a little sneak peek into the first series that you have coming out? I mean, I know yes, is, <laughs> I know. So I,
1: if so you want, have, if you uh, want to share yeah, show the first, the first launch is going to be called, well, I haven't fully decided on the name. It's either going to be happy hounds or happy Pup. But uh, I love the alliteration of the two ages, so it probably will be that. But essentially, I've just painted 12 popular breeds of dogs that are in their happiest state. Again, just to bring joy and positivity. uh, I'm really excited about that. And it's coming out and it's so cute. Oh, I
0: love it. And I've yeah. seen some of these prints and they are so cute. And when you see these dogs, happy faces, you just can't help but be happy and feel like <laughs> you're in such a good mood. I know that's the I'm painting them too. I'm like, ah, oh, you're so cute. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Melanie, for being here and for sharing your journey with us and the lessons you've learned and inspiring us all to go after our dreams, let it be easy not let our identity go. And also that it's possible to not only be an artist who gets paid for their art, but also a mama that has this growing business that she started in the pandemic. I mean, how crazy is that? So (laughs) I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story and all of the nuggets of wisdom that you've shared with us. Thank you for having me. This was really fun, Melissa. Yay. Thanks. All right, thank you so much for listening and for being here and I will catch you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pivot Into Your Purpose podcast. I'm so excited to connect here with you each week to inspire you and share stories of women who have pivoted into their purpose so you can do the same. If this episode gave you value, inspired you to take action on creating your own purpose aligned business, or has you feeling more confident than ever about starting your dream business, can you do me a quick favor and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you never miss an episode and also leave a review about what this podcast has meant to you? It helps other women to find the show who are wanting to leave their unfulfilling corporate jobs to discover their purpose. My mission is to help more women do work that fulfills them and brings them joy. Thank you in advance for leaving a five-star review. It means so much to me to be able to connect here and serve you. Have a great week, and I'll see you here next week.